listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Purple. Today's episode is episode number 237, Hughesoween 2023, Deep Purple's spookiest moments. And coming to you from the spooky suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, Judy <laughs> Matola. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's... It's Judy Garland and a witch or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like a very modern looking Wizard of Oz, but it looks like, is that somebody, it must be like AI generated or something. I don't know, because she's like sitting there with like a lollipop or something. Does she have a lollipop? My, I don't know. Or it's, I don't know. She looks, she looks like scared, but like she was a 30s of movie their guild, scared, so you know, just kind of like, ooh. <laughs> no, she's scared, but she's looking in the wrong direction because the witch is right in front of her. Look out, Judy. Yeah. Yeah, that witch is friggin' menacing, man. It's like, Judy, 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 look out! <laughs> Judy! It looks like a modern retake, but that looks like the actual Judy Garland. Yeah, it's got to be some sort of AI thing. Eh, I don't know. It's my background today. All right, well, I enjoy it. It's spooky. Spooky for the occasion. And the occasion, yeah. folks, as we've been teasing for some time, is Hughesoween. Now, this isn't going to be just about... Glenn Hughes and um, funny Jen saw it on the calendar she says are you having Paul on the show <laughs> I was like no I was like no that's a good idea though we could invite him on for Hughes-a-ween Paul Hughes oh, but no this uh, this is uh, uh, Glenn Hughes-a-ween but not all about Glenn Hughes some about Glenn Hughes but just about some of Deep Purple's spookier moments and uh, you know maybe we'll get this going and you know I didn't realize that last year we did for Halloween we did the screams episode Gillen's top screams or whatever Wow, that was already a year ago. Um, yeah, right? Which was tangentially Halloween-themed. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was just it was just about his... It was ranking his screams, our favorite Gillen screams. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't really like a spooky sort of episode. And you know what? This episode probably won't be super spooky. So you probably, if you're if you're prone to easy, easy frights, you probably don't need to tune out because Deep Purple, they're not that scary. <laughs> no. <clears throat> I mean, maybe... Uh... Maybe the new Deep Purple. Uh, <laughs> <So> scary. <laughs> Nick Simper's hairdo. <laughs> oh, man, I got to revise the show notes. I don't think I have that in here. <laughs> but yeah, if this was like Cannibal Corpse's spookiest moments or something, I'd probably have a little bit bigger pool to pull from. It but would be like 100% all of their moments. <laughs> exactly. So um, Slipknot or whoever. I don't know. I don't know anything about these bands. I don't know anything about any bands. I know Ghost. a little bit about Deep Purple. Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, they're right. Doesn't they dress up like the Pope or something? Yeah, they look spooky, but they, they sound pop. Oh, do they sound pop? I don't I, know. Anything. Yeah, I guess. I don't yeah. know anything about Ghosts. Neither do uh, I. But anyway, folks, we're here to um, to 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 do this Halloween episode because as you're listening to this, tomorrow is the big day, Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I don't. I'm not like a huge Halloween guy. I don't. When the kids were a little younger, I'd dress up, but I don't yeah, know. I can take her to leave are, it. Are they into it? 
they, yeah, my daughter is still. She's like she wanted to decorate in like August, um, but we got the <laughs> stuff out the other day and we started putting some stuff up around the house and outside to to decorate. But yeah, I'm not like uh, you know some people like live like Halloween's their favorite holiday. They live all year round for Halloween, and I don't know. It's just not my my number one. What's spooky is that couch that I found <laughs> from my neighbor the other day. As I just I just finished moving it into the house with my na- with my neighbor, and now I'm sweating again. Once again, I'm sweating during the beginning part of the episode. <laughs> what's so spooky about it? What's what's in that couch? Um, nothing. I hope it's a haunted <laughs> couch. Ooh. Haunted with lice and stains. Yeah, let's <laughs> haunted. With, well, if it's haunted with stains, it's very it's very um, they're doing a good job keeping that under wraps because there's no mm. and it's like a it's like a coffee sort of color so I, I think it probably hides stains pretty well unless you eat like a bunch of fondant sugar or something on it <laughs> or crack open a bunch of Cadbury eggs but hopefully mm. I won't be doing that soon so um so yeah, so hey folks, if you want to support our show, if you get some value for if you listen every week, you get some value from us and you got a few bits of change rattling around in your pocket, you can support our show. Um, you can support it for as little as $1 a month on Patreon Patreon or on PayPal. Um, that's like a quarter a week. Come on. Do you get a quarter a week's worth of entertainment out of the show? Come on. It's Come the on. Halloween season, the season of giving. Or just send us some Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. The season of tricks or treats. Um, but uh, yeah, if you don't have any quarters rattling around in your pocket, you can also just leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our 100th Five-star review is going to receive a special spooky deep purple podcast goodie bag. It's going to be very spooky. It'll be spooky when we figure out what we're, what we're putting in it. Some little doodads from the show. What do you think? Dude, yeah, that's the spookiest part is realizing that we're nobody and you're getting a ditty bag from us. <laughs> ditty, ditty bag always just sounds filthy to me. It just sounds like. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's implied. It's implied yeah. filth, my favorite kind. Yeah, blow it out your ditty bag. Maybe it's because of Sophia that it sounds uh, yeah. dirty to me. But um, and you can also buy some merch at our Etsy store. That is also not free. Um, or support us on Cash App, dollar sign DPPOD, or support us on Kofi. Um, all right, so before we kind of get into it and get into the kind of theme of the show, we want to give thanks to our executive level patrons at the um, in memoriam tier, the late. Patron Gerald Jerry Kelly uh, and his wonderful family. Thank you so much for supporting the show. At the $25 Uncommon Man tier, we have Ovis Nakfi and Purple Maniac. At the 15 Squid tier, we have Alan. At the 10 Pound Good Doctor tier, we have, of course, the one and only Dr. Mike Catan. At the $11 tier, the turn it up to $11 tier, Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard, Mortensen, Mickelstein, and Will Porter, PhDPP. And at the $10 Someone Came tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, and Better Call Saul Evans. And then what could be more appropriate to round it out than at the Hughesoween by 2033 tier, we have Fielding Fowler. Well, we did it, Fielding. We did it 10 years ahead of schedule, so <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah, but let's, I mean, let's keep that. 
Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep, we'll keep the clip going. Mitch, should we yeah, shorten it? Never, it's so freaking long. <laughs> All right, well you can just make it blue. Yeah, I could just do a blur. A blur. Sorry, that was that I had like no 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 feeling or passion. That was we could just do a blur. Um, you know what? Try it. Yeah, try it next week and see how it sounds. Oh, well, It'll probably be even funnier. Let me see if I can start it back up. Um, yeah, so if I start it back up and I go right to the end here, let's see. Oh, I just caught the very end of the <laughs> reverb. <laughs> yeah, let's try it like like right here. Let's see. That's, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anything could happen between now and then. And you know, we'll have plenty of yeah. uh, plenty of feedback. I'm sure. Um, yeah, if you're looking for like-minded podcasts, uh, podcasts that focus for the most part on a single band, check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com for lots of different shows um, about uh, different bands, and mostly most of them focusing on one band, but doing deep dives into songs, albums, what what have you. Um, all right, so John, do you want to kind of just like open up and tell us a little bit? We, we had kind of a different theme for this show, and then you kind of threw this out here. So what what are we what are we talking about today? I don't. Well, I'm not sure what we what do we decide. <laughs> what do we decide on? I uh, we threw out a lot of topics, right? Yeah. So. Well, there's a lot of topics out there that we kind of e- rare emails back and forth between you and me because it was too much for text. Oh, I know, right? So like my my original. Like idea, or yeah. Like, like what, what? What were you kind of thinking to just kind of highlight the, the the spooky season here? Um, crap. Did I lose it? Are oh, you trying to pull up the I, email? Well, I've got I've got yeah. it all here on the on the show notes, so it can work. Yeah, but it was um. Hmm. Oh wait a minute. I should have been better prepared for this. <laughs> um, and if I type in like. Halloween, and then like you know, you—you're the only person that I've talked to about Halloween so far this year. Halloween at the other. Oh, okay, all right. So, okay, so yeah, so I thought of yeah, I thought of the idea of like uh, what, what we could have an idea for a haunted purple episode mm. because, like you said, there's really not anything inherently spooky about Deep Purple. Like we could do like a, a whole like if we were to like do a whole video on like. Ozzy's bark at the moon video and that would be mm. Halloween you know you could you could do it on so many things but the deep purple they're not really scary so what are some what are some themes um spooky legends and urban myths associated with deep purple's history yeah we got that um, we've got haunted, haunted, haunted like the recording studios Rich, Richie's pranks yeah the ghostly occult. encounters ghostly encounters <laughs> horrifying practical jokes we know about that yeah, plenty um, of them. Uh, mysterious anecdotes from deep purple's career yep. um bizarre fan encounters or the supernatural uh the darker side of deep purple lyrics um i don't know if we're going that far with it but those are some of my ideas well we've got quite a, i got quite a bit of stuff here that just kind of threw together from your uh suggestions and your notes um and you said do we still call a hughes a ween i said well just replace where i said deep purple to glenn hughes <laughs> that would be the glenn hughes episode that's right <laughs> uh. Um, but, but yeah, so, yeah, so I figured a good part, a good place to start would be with Richie pranks. And I've got some, you know, some stories that are kind of written up in a few magazines. I've got some videos, some people talking about his pranks. Um, 
the first one, uh, well, there's a couple early ones that come to mind. One is obviously the the famous axe prank, <laughs> which <laughs> <laughs> not um not really a uh, prank so much as just Richie in the middle of the night busting down Roger's door with an axe, and um I guess that was a prank. And I couldn't I, I found a few things. And let's see if I can find um uh, I found a few little kind of references to it. Um, but I know it's in the books that I've read. I think it's in the the Jerry Black uh, Jerry Blackmore <laughs> Jerry Bloom Black Knight book, um, uh, where he talks about about using the axe to break down his. He says, uh, "Where is it?" They were staying at a home away from distractions. By this time, Richie was heavily into doing seances. Richie had asked Roger if he had a crucifix with him because he knew Roger was a was a Christian. Roger said no. And as such, Ricky Richie took an axe and proceeded to bash the door to bits just to get inside. Roger went ballistic and chased Richie down the hall with the with the axe until he found Richie cowering in the corner, saying, "Roger, stop! I'm the guitarist." <laughs> I love the idea of him in completely instigating that and then just being like, "Oh, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you?" <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's like the equivalent of that for sure. I I think somebody tweeted once like she had like a like her ex-boyfriend would always like he was really short and he'd always go and pick this fight like try to pick a fight with like a um like a really big tough guy at like a bar and then when the guy wanted to fight him he would like put on his glasses and he'd be like oh don't hit me it's my birthday you wouldn't hit the birthday boy would you and she said he always got away with it (laughs) I don't have that much faith in in that sort of thing that I wouldn't get my ass kicked no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Richie. I wouldn't do it. I think this this might be more of a Richie ween, because Richie just has the, the greatest gags. But his other incident, of course, is the Glenn Hughes ghost story where they were at Clearwell Castle, where the album Burn was written. And he was asked, uh, Hughes was asked in an interview if there were any ghosts in the castle, which is like kind of a weird thing to ask in an interview. Um, so Hughes says that um, he and Blackmore were the first to arrive and that at night, as a gag, he rigged his wardrobe up with some speakers um, and made them emit all these scary noises and he had a microphone in the next door and he's going, woo! <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously scaring the crap out of Glenn Hughes. Um, so there's a few, I got a few links to, all this stuff will be linked to in the show notes. Some really good stories, obviously. Some of these I'm sure you've heard a million times. Some of them should be a little bit uh, more. So I do have a a good interview. Um, This is an interview with Richie Blackmore, where he is talking about, if I can find it here. Here it is. Yes. He's talking about practical jokes, specifically practical jokes involving Cozy Powell. So let's see if we can... uh, Share this here. Here we go. This is Richie with Candace talking about uh, practical jokes. Well, Cozy and I were b- big them. practical jokers. Trouble was, Cozy always went far too far. Uh, I would go so far. I can't hear it. If you played a joke on him, look out. Well, there you go. I, uh, I rushed to start this episode, so I didn't set the settings up properly. Here we go. Here we go. And back to Richie. Well, Cozy and I were b- big practical jokers. Trouble was, Cozy always went far too far. Uh, I would go so far, but if you played a joke on him, look out. He was going to kill you. you know, so, it was like, so I had a truce with him. 
No more jokes. I, I won't play a joke on you. And that came about via the Chateau in France. So now we, we could fast forward to one of his interviews that he was doing outside our window when we were in, what was it, Denmark? I think it was Sweden, the festival. <laughs> She's asking, she wasn't there. <laughs> she was playing with Peter Green. And uh, he was, had the, the journalist there and he was holding court, telling his story. Of course, it was right beneath my window, bedroom window, and I was above him. Our bedroom window. So I went, oh, this could be interesting. Oh, she, maybe she was there. So I said, Kenny, get the, 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 uh, video the video camera. And you go to the other window over there. So you've got an angle to see Cozy and what I'm doing and what he's doing. <laughs> She's like, okay, right. So I'm okay. out the window videotaping Cozy, yeah. not having any idea what was going to happen. happen. And Richie goes out the other window with a giant glass of water and dumps it on Cozy's head and then disappears. So I'm videotaping and Cozy looks up. And I'm the, I'm the only person. <laughs> 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 just looked at me anyway. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. That's he totally set me up. Yeah. I didn't so it set you up. You set me my, up. My point was, I expected you to jump back so Cozy wouldn't. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think. <laughs> so, yeah. I, for, for some reason, I thought he was telling a story from like the Rainbow Days. And then he's like, why? I was like, why is he asking her? <laughs> yeah. But I guess she was there. So. I think like he and uh, him and Candace could have their own show, I think, because it's just like it's a very similar like to the, like the Ozzy and Sharon dynamic, although yeah. Richie is less insane and more like just like sardonic and like really like got that dry delivery. And Candace mm -hmm. is just like so she's always smiling and just like like helping him along with the stories and everything and or trying to keep him on track when he's throwing off interviewers. I'd watch the show. Mm. It would be a, it would be a good show. Um, so we've got that one, and I know that one of the books he said, kind of related to Halloween, he said that Cozy Powell had like a sweet tooth, and he like went into his dressing room once, and he had like an entire like um, dresser that was filled with like Mars bars or something. <laughs> oh my god! I know my kind of guy. I, that's what I would do if I was if I was at that elite level. I would just I would just be trying to get all the candy I could. I'd yeah, I'd fill it with Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> um, then we've got um, we've got this one right here, which is oh, what is this one? This one's uh, it's ten hilarious Richie Blackmore moments. You can find it on YouTube, but it's mostly since they're hilarious, it's mostly pranks. So let's let's see what this one has to say here. It's from Loudwire. I'm involved in mystical things, yes. I, I'm aware of, uh, like for 20 years I've studied paranormal and not black magic, I'm talking about seances and communication with the, the spiritual realm. I'm very interested in that. Um, but I don't go around trying to, I wear a lot of black clothing maybe. And, and I'm a very quiet person. <laughs> And it's, it's those thoughts. I just want to be, I believe in thinking rather than speaking. I, 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 I'm not too keen on people that voice their opinion very loudly. They bother me. Mother was a gypsy and she used to put spells on people. <laughs> and I learned all these um, curses and superstitions, you know, 
how to read people's minds. And my father worked at the airport. <laughs> uh, I asked him to do things which is probably not what most musicians would do in the way of like um, I expect them to kind of drop their trousers occasionally you know I mean this is not asking too much <laughs> and um, some people react to this in rather a violent way they say I, I'm not going to do this I'm not uh, you know homosexual and I say well nor, nor am I a couple of the bands stuff with a woman but we won't go into that you didn't tell me about that. No. And um, I used to play on stage when I was 16 and 17 with Screaming Lord Such. We used to run on stage from the audience as savages. We were called the savages. So again, I was dressed up as a, um, <laughs> in a plain cloth. Tarzan. And um, it was very embarrassing because back in those days, I was very thin and very bony. The rest of the band were all built like, you know, muscle builders. So we'd run on stage and I'd always feel embarrassed because I had this little outfit on. And, uh, but you learn by your mistakes. Sometimes when you're looking <laughs> up in the dark sky, you see a satellite going over, or you'll see something, a meteorite. That's what inspires me to play this music. I feel at one if I go out into the wood and take my guitar or mandola or whatever and play to the trees. The birds come in singing. <laughs> Amazing. See all that. One of these days, I'm going to. When we're playing on the road, I'm going to attack Ian Gillen in the back alley. He's bigger than me. He's probably a better fighter. So I'm going to do it with a few friends of mine, probably Swedish. And we'll beat him up. But he won't know it's me. I was on stage and I'll be playing with my amplifier, which was a 280-watt Marshall amplifier, which was the, the, most, the loudest amplifier ever built. I used to point it at the singer. So consequently, his hearing... Is not so good. My I like when he calls him the singer. Rubbing the guitar in his ass. I've seen pictures of me at five, and I remember distinctly my mother saying, smile for the cameraman. And I'm going, no. How many people can fake a smile? I can't. And I kind of wonder about the people that do. I think a lot about death more than life. Because yeah. it's getting dark for Halloween. And I think death is very important. I think it's going to happen to all of us, most of us, not all. <laughs> Some of us might get away with it. So I like I like the story he told at the beginning where he's like my um my mom was a gypsy and she taught me all these spells and curses and stuff. And he yeah. learned how to read people's mind. He's like, hey, my dad worked at the airport. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Richie. He's always, he's always messing with uh, interviewers. Um, yeah, some, some Blackmore prank. So now I'll probably leave you with just the, the last uh, Blackmore prank. This is a very short one, but um, you may have seen this one. These things have been on YouTube forever, but... Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. And this is Lemmy telling what he says is his favorite um, Richie Blackmore story. So, or prank, I should say, if you want to call it that. So here we go. The following feature may contain references to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, and some bad language, too. Mm -hmm. I think the intro is longer than the uh, story, but here we go. As told by Lemmy Motorhead. 
The best story I ever heard, and I, I believe it's true, it sounds like Richie. Richie Blackmore was notorious, right, for doing terrible things to people while they were asleep. This tour manager one time pissed him off and they slipped him a mickey. Slipping someone a mickey, a slang term for giving someone a drink laced with drugs without their prior knowledge or consent. Right. And he woke up stark naked without any clothes or papers of any kind and a hired car with no keys in it on a ferry to Iceland. <laughs> I don't care who you are, that is the best I ever heard. <laughs> Thorough, you know. And I hope it's true, because <laughs> it should be. <laughs> that is wonderful, and it's malice. <laughs> and what are you going to do, you know? Ask a sailor for help? <laughs> or wait till all the cars start going beep beep behind you when they get into port, you know? Wunderbar. <laughs> Bolt naked. <laughs> <laughs> Wunderbar, he says. <laughs> oh, Lemmy. Uh, I, I love that one. That's a good one. So that's, that's some pranks. I don't know if there's any pranks. Hey, if there's any pranks that we left out, you'll have to let us know. Um, there probably are. Like, well, I know the, the one that, who was it? I think it was Tony Carey, where when he was sleeping, he took everything in his room. Or maybe it was before he got there, he took everything in his room and put it, like, outside like in the snow, and he had to like lug all of his furniture and everything back in. I think so. I think it was during Rising or something, but... Um, yeah, I remember that that story. Or a story similar. Yeah, there's a lot of Blackmore Castle pranks, but um, as far as the occult, um, he talks a lot about the occult. He talks about... Um, here, where is it here? He said that he had a theory that ghosts were attracted to religious symbols. I guess that's why he wanted to break down Roger's door and steal that crucifix. Um, he says, I don't know if it taunts the ghosts or sets off an energy that excites them. I was watching a show last night. They were investigating this house, and sure enough, there were crucifixes and religious pictures all over the place. It's strange that they hadn't figured out um, and thought of it might have been causing ghostly activities. It's a fascinating subject because we're all going to end up somewhere and it would be nice to know if it was a nice place. Somehow I don't think it would be. But um, on the subjects of ghosts and demons, well, we all know, what's what's the famous d demon associated with Dio? What is um, his mascot? Yeah. Murray? Murray. Murray the demon. I love, I love that his name is Murray. Murray the demon. I love it. It's like, what's his name? Murray. <laughs> I'm just a little boy. You wouldn't hurt this demon, would you? My name is Murray. <laughs> Sounds like a Jewish demon. He's like, I'm Murray Goldenblatt. <laughs> Murray Goldenblatt. <laughs> so here we got Dio talking about um, some of his thoughts on the occult and, uh, and such. So here we go. We're talking about seances and giving a warning. Along the rock and roll, we did at uh, a studio called The Chateau, and uh, they made it a studio. It was a 14th, 15th century, uh, you know, right up Ritchie Street, you know, right up the Band Street, really, an old old manor home uh, residency where you lived and did all the things. And there we went through, uh, I think the most memorable thing about that album is all the occult things that we went through, because we went through a, a severe phase of uh, contacting a spirit that was 
most scary thing I think any of us have ever been through. We'd always dabbled before. Certainly Richie did and I did, which is one of our points of conjecture, of, of, of uh, con um, connection, I think. Um, and we rose the spirit named Baal. So not to go into the whole thing, Baal is this really evil spirit whose name is on the album, on the Long Rock Roll album. Mm. It says thanks to so on, thanks, 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 like no thanks to Baal. <laughs> really chaotic and, you know, stopping this album. I mean, the tape machines would just suddenly stop on their own. Doors that were locked that had only one key to one person whom we trusted would, would go up there and things would be playing. And, wow. uh, and it just never, never ended. Uh, and it was the whole progression of that toward the very end. Uh, my manager, Wendy, and my wife, Wendy Dio, got pushed down the stairs and accused me of it. I was walking down the stairs. Cozy was behind me. She was probably five or six stairs ahead of me. Luckily, I had a box of China, antique China that we had bought there, and suddenly tumbled down the stairs and landed on the box of China, thank God, because it broke a fall. Only broke a couple plates. And she turned <laughs> and said, you bastard. I said, what? You pushed me. I said, I didn't push you. Yes, you did. I said, Cozy? No, he wasn't even anywhere near you. That was the final one. But it was Ball going, see ya. And, you know, years and years after that, we did a seance of the Dio band, and the first person, person, first thing that came up was Ball again. Hi, I'm Ball, Ronnie. I'm back. Went, no, you're not. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> but that was I think the highlight of all that was uh, you know how mysterious that whole album was to make but with some great songs I mean uh... Ball <laughs> I like he's like oh luckily like a box of ball. China broke her fall I'm like that doesn't sound very great <laughs> oh great I crashed into all this China He's like, oh, yeah, a couple of, just a couple of plates got broke. It's, it's no big deal. It's like she fell. It's just, she, luckily, there's a box of cushions at the bottom of the stairs, or like you know, so, like a, a box bunch. of fine dining china. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my my duvet collection was stacked up at the bottom of the stairs. It's like, yeah, I don't know uh, about that one. You can't but, even you can't even give china away anymore. Yeah, I know, right? Like people have all this like really expensive china. Well, supposedly, but nobody wants it. I got all cheap plates from Ikea that if you, like, look at them the wrong way, they chip. Yeah. Like, so every time I'm loading the, unloading the dishwasher, I chip one or break one. Well, usually they don't break, but they chip very mm. easily. Um, yeah, I just solved that problem by just not having any fancy plates. Yeah, same here. I just, I have all these, you know, I go every, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, I throw away all my plates and I go to Ikea and I buy whatever the latest plates are there and replace them. Um mm. Because it's just not worth uh, having anything nice. Although, if they were nice, like I, I also almost think about getting like restaurant quality plates so that they, if you bang them together, they don't chip. But I haven't had. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't want to spend the money. But um, so there's this in 1983. There was this Texas minister, um, who who was one of these guys who was like the dangers of rock and roll and demons and all this. And he's talking about, he talked about satanic messages, being in records and all that sort of stuff. So he talked, he talked about this stuff about Richie. He said, Richie Blackmore's music and message are certainly not that of a rainbow, but of a lake of fire. He may be a guitar god, but Deep Purple Rainbow Man, Richie Blackmore's interest in the occult is a concern for Jacob. Not at least because of the revelation that during live gigs, Blackmore astro projects out of his body to float around the concert hall, revealing that Blackmore's like to record in a haunted 17th century castle and citing songs such as A Black Magician, Stargazer, and Tarot Woman as problematic. Jacob notes that even Blackmore himself has cautioned against occult dabbling, saying a lot of people go too far too soon. So this guy's kind of a nut. Um, to say the a, least. <laughs> a lot of that stuff uh, kind of going around in, in the 80s, all these 
doom and gloom people. He talks about it. The he talks about a song. What's the song he mentioned? A black magician. Yeah, I've never heard that. I've never I don't heard of that. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, neither does this guy, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess I guess getting the songs wrong are the least of his problems when he's talking mm-hmm. about this nonsense. Um, so, as far as like spooky songs and and the like, um, there's a few things that we have. Um, I figured I'd start you off with your favorite one, which is um, Blackmore's Night. Um, they did a song called, uh, which is perfect for you. It's called "A Ghost of John." So let's. Ooh, ghost are of they me predicting the future? Is something terrible going to befall John this Halloween? Well, let's let's check it out. A ghost of John. Whoa, turn that down a little bit. I don't know what that picture is all about. It's just a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty horrifying. <laughs> are you chilled to the bone? <laughs> I've seen him. He's right there, standing in front of Judy Garland. Ooh. 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 See, she did it. Ooh. It's kind of a grotesque song. It's talking about wouldn't it be chilly with no skin on. about spirits now I kind of the next two songs that I have queued up well one of them in particular I I have been considering I've had it in the in the hopper all all along that we could do an entire episode on this one video yeah but so I'm almost hesitant to play it I guess we'll see I don't know that Black Blackburn's Night has the has it in them to be spooky. No. I mean, it's the you know it's what you'd expect from Blackburn's Night. It's the medieval feeling, but I wouldn't say it's spooky. I mean, is this something about the the chord progressions or the scales that they use that's not spooky? We've got our phone lines open, folks, in case you want to comment. <laughs> Maybe it's because we're doing our Halloween episode like during a afternoon, <laughs> a rare afternoon recording. <laughs> Thank God, because we'd be too we'd be too scared otherwise. It's like the pan pipes are not a terrifying instrument. That might be part of it. Now he 
Okay, that's really scary. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of creepy. Yikes. Okay, that's terrifying. And that's that's actually uh their daughter Autumn singing that. Um but that that's actually very scary. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> she's got a good voice though. She would have been pretty young when they did that, so mm. that actually wasn't uh wasn't too bad. Um Blackmore's Night. On the on your Blackmore's Night bell curve scale? Maybe. All right, so let's get into something that is a little bit, I don't know, I, I like we talked about, I don't consider Deep Purple to be a, a scary band. I do seem, they're a little silly, right? Like, they're kind of yeah. silly. Gillen's a silly guy, he jokes around a lot, and even Blackmore, you know, when he's um, talking about stuff or doing interviews, he's just a silly guy. He's always he's always just being a jokester, so... Um, this will be, uh, this track here is... Uh, called Vincent Price, obviously, is he's a spooky guy. Uh, also, another connection to Deep Purple in that he narrated the Butterfly Ball, but here is Deep Purple Vincent Price video. This is a good one. I'm pretty sure that we, we watched this before. Did we? Yeah. Young lovers I mean, making you, out. You might the, have used it on the previous Halloween episode, or I don't think we ever did a Halloween episode, did we? What? I don't think we ever did a Halloween episode, did we? Well, the last time I saw this video was on our show, so. All right. You used it somewhere. All right, let me do a. doing a search here. So it's got Gillen the silence. looks like he's barely trying to act. Who, Gillen? Yeah. Yeah. I like how it's like a horrible, like that horrible guy with the mask on and the hunchback guy is playing the organ and then he transforms into Don Airy. Like that clearly plastic, <laughs> that plastic spider in the soup. <laughs> I have the same ones that I put up on my cobwebs outside the house. Yeah. Subject matter on this one is definitely uh It is really kind of uh eerie sounding. Don airy sounding? Eerie, not airy. Oh sorry.
like the the the, the young woman is transformed into a, a, a nun. I like they stuck everything here. There's Frankenstein. There's a mummy. There's the kind of vampire wannabe guy. There's the nun with the booty showing. This <laughs> says, holy shit. <laughs> you know, it's funny that like, you know, if they had done this in the 80s, like the, the, the nun wearing a habit and basically nothing else doing a pole dance, yeah. that would not have, I don't think that would have flown very well. What, in the 80s? Yeah. You know, remember when, like, know. Madonna did that video living on a prayer yeah. and everyone lost their freaking minds? Yeah. This was sacrilege. Yeah, now anybody does anything and nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. Every Everyone's like, you couldn't get away with that nowadays. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you could. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you can give, get away with everything these days. You know, somebody was saying that to me the other day about like, they couldn't make that movie nowadays. I'm like, I think they could. I don't remember the movie, but... Oh, that's kind of spooky. Like the wax figures of Deep Purple. <laughs> Gillen's losing his mind. <laughs> that's actually legitimately scary at the very end of the movie. <laughs> like the, the the wax figure sort of situation going on. Yeah, Gillen showed like none of his acting skills. <laughs> which I don't think he has any anyways, but you could tell he was just like, all right, let's just do this fucking video. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great because it's no, like it was, it was fun. Yeah. It's clearly it's not super high budget. It's like they're not there. It's just it's it's a little cheesy, but kind of on purpose. I don't know. I dig it. I'm digging it. Um, now, this is the in my opinion, this is the piece de resistance. This is Rainbow's video for Can't Let You Go. And um, this one, this is the one I was thinking we could do an entire episode on because it's just, uh, this is, you know, if you think Gillen doing a fine acting job is a is a good thing, then like, then you got to buckle up for Richie acting. Um, yeah. And I don't know how they convinced him to do it, but here we go. This is Rainbow and... Uh, Heck is it here? I have too many things open. Dude, Rainbow can't let you go. So it starts off with a really bad model of a rooftop. There's a woman in bed. And who is this? The Phantom of the Opera himself, Phantom Blackmore. <laughs> so that you know this is the end of 
the first run of Rainbow where they're going to be temp- they're going to be pushed into making videos. So Richie's carrying the the damsel. He's wearing his He didn't have to dress up too much for this cuz he just probably grabbed his old hat and put it on. <laughs> he opens up a <laughs> a closet and who's in there? <laughs> JLT dressed like a mime. <laughs> He's got JLT? A, yeah, he's got a turtleneck on. He's got the makeup. But he looks like a mime. He's wearing the heavy eyeshadow and like the lipstick. He's cheek to cheek with the lady, and he's—I don't know if he's trying to wake her up from the spell she's under from Richie. He doesn't want to let her go. Fedora era Roger in the back there. He's walking through like a like a. It looks like drawings of a hallway. It looks like the like the um what's that take take me on video or take on me rather? Yeah. Doesn't it look like that? Like he's walking through that hallway. Oh but he's, <laughs> JLT's just giving her a big open mouth kiss. <laughs> I mean, low-budget videos, it's hard to beat. It's like, yeah, I, I like this era of video making where they just hadn't quite figured out the, the formula yet. Oh, Richie's playing a Telecaster. That's unusual. JLT's just like creeping around like a like a like a little weasel. Well, I mean he is. That's true. Oh, now he's got a giant knife. I thought he was the good guy. Oh, Richie's the good guy. <laughs> he runs his hand over his face. It's like the Richie's wearing these big glasses. What's going on? It's just that that video is just bananas. I love it. And to add that old timey effect. I liked. I like how he brushes his hands across his eyes. He, he, he like puts them back in the cabinet for later. Like so, he was like he was like Hecubus. That's what he looked like. Yeah. Yes, master. 
And Hecubus, evil, evil. <laughs> oh, man. So some of the spookiest videos possible. And again, all here we are. Well, I don't know if they were probably whoever made that video is probably going for something a little more poignant than they were going for in the in the deep purple one. But anyway, so in the in the realm of of these albums like what would you say is uh what would you say is like so, are some of the, the the spookier deep purple songs or can you think of any like or deep purple related stuff intros uh i, I don't know i've i've got a i've got a, a few songs here but what do you what are you thinking I, you know, I always thought as like as a whole, like the first couple of Deep Purple albums, like the first Mark One albums overall, just sounded really creepy, just probably because of the recording. Yeah, that's, that's a good call. You know, like the sound of them. You know, especially like those long, like kind of ambient intros and John Lord's kind of like creeping organ, and mm -hmm. you know, just you know, a lot of it to me didn't sound necessarily like like horror music. You know what I mean? But it sounded like something you could put in. Um probably put it in like a suspense movie or something, but it had that kind of like feeling to it, probably because I love old horror movies. So to me, that stuff sounded like a horror score, like the, like the beginning, like the very beginning of April before the acoustic guitar, that kind of just like, dun, 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 you know, it sounded, you know, very, very creepy, very creakety. So. Yeah, for sure. I think but the, um, you know, off the top of my head, that's the most I can think of because that style is most different from what they've ever done. After. Yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like the, the album, not the first album cover, because that's just, I mean, them just boring. But the, the next two, like the first, the second one is has kind of that occult feel to it. Whereas the third one is that, you know, Hieronymus Bach thing or Bosch mm -hmm. Bach. Uh, whatever his name is, um, where it's it's got that look to it. But I've got a few. Um, let's start with that one. Let's see where do I have that album cover here? Let's see. Yeah, Deep Purple. So you've got this. This is just part of the the peeling. The I forgot what the name of this painting is. I'm sure, if you listen to that episode, you can find out. But it's got that like. Um, mm. It's it's got that like and it's that end of the world type feeling to it, and all of this like there's like a weird bird king eating a body and all these naked bodies being kind of mutilated and all this kind of crazy stuff like somebody strung up in a giant harp and all that sort of stuff um then you've got the elf album cover Ooh. which to me is the is this one of the spookiest things of all time the pinnacle of spookiness yeah and then uh, i love <laughs> As if it's not spooky enough, the, where it says at the top, it says Elf. You've got like a little naked Ronnie J James Dio gnome <laughs> bent over, like, hey! like you just got caught <laughs> running <laughs> through this field, <laughs> and it, and the the weird like rosy cheeks. It's just just absolutely horrible. Um, then you've got the Scarabus album cover that was for the American version, where you've got this horrible sea witch. And a big troll and ogre and like this big skeleton in the background, all this like kind of weird imagery. That's kind of a spooky one. Then, yeah. of course, Book of Taliesin, kind of a weird like medieval occult sort of thing. Um, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Which I like this one. It's funny that they like 
wrote on the album cover like who the people in the band are like two times like over there on the left and over here um and then uh of course born again <laughs> gotta be of course gotta be one of the the creepier album covers but i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure there's more we're leaving out but um as far as songs go um we've got I and mean, we're not gonna have, don't have to listen to all of them. We probably, I think we've covered all of them. But you've got "Disturbing the Priest" on "Born Again," which is probably one of the. You think? Well, you think that's the creepiest song on that album? Um, I mean, not. I don't know about like song. Like, I think some of those like uh, those interludes, like like the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, could be considered um, creepier. Um, but yeah, "Disturbing the Priest" is. Um, I don't know if like the yeah I think like the the interludes between the songs are probably creepier than the actual songs themselves. Although that whole album has that air of early '80s occult kind of surrounding it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, then you've got uh, on uh, "Bent Out of Shape." There's like two back-to-back songs that are about the occult. Fire Dance, which JLT says like they were into Wicker, Wicker, <laughs> Wicca. <laughs> what are they, the Golden Girls? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're into Wic- Wicca, Wicker, and sitting out on the lanai. <laughs> or, or if you live in New England, you could say it. Yeah, I'm a witch. I'm into Wicker. Wicker. I like Wicker. Uh, Wicker box it. Isn't that like in Connecticut? Yeah, that's. Yeah, well, like Wickaboxit Avenue or Wickaboxit. Yeah, because I know every time we would be driving back and forth between Rhode Island and New York, I'd always say to Jen, "Hey, what am I supposed to do with all this potpourri? I don't know. Wickaboxit." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, she didn't. She was. She didn't care for it the first time I did it, but by like the hundredth time I did it, she was. She'd see the sign and she'd start groaning. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if that's not horrifying, folks, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the spookiest things that's happened so far. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we got. So, sorry, into Wicca and Aleister Crowley. Um, he says he says he was literally possessed to write the song. Literally, he was literally possessed. Um, uh, he and he said that's where he claimed that they did uh, seances with Jimmy Page. Um, so I don't know, but I, I, I saw in all these stories, like they, they were like, oh yeah, they did seances with Jimmy Page. Yeah. Jimmy Page. But then I never really saw any follow-up like, well, what happened? And Mm. nobody seems to have anything to say about that. Um, and then the next song right in a row on that album is anybody there. And Joe Lynn Turner said that this song was titled that way because the first three lines of any sign, any seance are, is anybody there? Mm, Okay. So anybody there, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. We, we had a, my, my church had a, uh, a Ouija board. I mean, Paul used to like kind of use sometimes cause I went to like a weird church <laughs> that had a cult paraphernalia apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I've never, I'm the wrong person to be talking about this sort of stuff. Cause I just don't believe in any of it all at all. Um, so I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in the occult. I don't believe in seances. But people seem to take it very seriously. So, so there you have it. Um, all right. So I don't know, John, what do you think? Should we take a break and thank some of our patrons? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. With a John's approval, break. I will do that. And thank some. A spooky some, break. A, sp- 
It's a spooky break. Because <laughs> well, the Halloween episode, so we'll take a spooky break. Yeah, ooh. We'll be right back, folks. Um, so, yes, coming in at a core level, our core level patrons, uh, we have at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, Michael Vader. At the $6.99 New Nice Price tier, Spike the Rat Cat and Sugar Tea. At the episode $6.66 tier, Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, Anton Glaving, and Charles Meadows. At the $6.65 Almost Evil tier, Kenny Wymore, Michael Bagford, Richie Sucksmith. At the $5.99, the nice price tier, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, Carl Helberg. And at the 60 kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have none other than Newt Morton Johansson. At the $5.55 What's Going On Here tier, we have Richard Fusey. And at the $5 Money Lender tier, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, Kev Roberts, Purposeful Frequency, Scott Zern, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Kaff, and Coyote Bongwater. Blackmore type. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I keep messing it up. Oh. As I was saying, oh. Coyote Bongwater. <laughs> Uh, why do I keep messing that up? I don't know, but it's awesome. Man, if anyone's got a better way to trigger samples than the way I'm doing it, which is dumb, oh. let me know, because I need some better way to trigger these things. <laughs> anyway. Mm, your samples were haunted. <laughs> they were haunted. Uh, haunted by the ghosts of Pops. Blackmore tights. <laughs> Ooh, he's spooky. He's living in the uh, computer here. Oh, man. <laughs> So, yep, that's uh, that's our, our patrons. So getting back to it. Um, so I'm thinking about like a few like we talked about some spooky songs. So what what about the the, the, the maybe the, the spookiest, most appropriate spooky thing that Don Airy ever, ever wrote, which is, of course, um, the famous intro to Mr. Crowley. Ah, I, I was hoping you'd say that. Yes. So. Just as a frame of reference for everybody, but Mr. Crowley, this is iconic. And of course, he tells a story about how he just kicked everybody out of the studio and wrote it in like 30 minutes. And then we talked about his intro to Vincent Price is pretty spooky too. It's another organ intro. trying to time that perfectly but yes he was um even though not as iconic he was also all over bark at the moon that's this is true yep the title track and bark at the moon is you know kicking it up a level and it wasn't when nick was on the show he's talking about how like the first three albums were this progression where he was like the normal guy in the church with the thing and then he was kind of transforming and then by bark at the moon he's like the full werewolf you know so it's like this kind of linking the albums together but 
Yeah, and then of course, yeah, he goes into Bark at the Moon. Bark at the Moon. And then I mean, um, and then um, um, even though it's not an official, the official release on his his album, whatever, he was he was like a vampire on Speak of the Devil. Oh, Ozzy. Yep, yep, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not Don Airy. Although he wasn't. On that <laughs> I was thinking although, Don Airy was a vampire. <laughs> although recently they said that um, uh, it was like the anniversary of Speak of the Devil, and there were like um, there were soundboard recordings from those two Ritz shows floating around out there, and I was like listening to one of them, and it was. Um, have you ever heard it? Like the non-album version? No. It's really wild because. The music sounds the same, mm-hmm. but the vocals are just like hideous. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's like Ozzy actually singing live on a soundboard recording. So mm-hmm. like, like "Symptom of the Universe" is like complete like vocal trash. It's just like uh. it was not that good. Be- I mean, you just could tell how. Like, I mean, the music was great because when there were like two nights, and I think I I'm listening to night one. Um, of the recording and it's it's cool because the music sounds like, like it's like the same effects yeah. and it's like there are some like slip ups or some things that they do a little different so that's cool and I to, to be fair a few songs in like Ozzy's voice kind of settles in and he sounds better but it's not like this heavily like uh, um, you know flanged out like effect that his voice you know has on that album which i'm guessing they used because it matched like the sound of the rest of the band but mm-hmm. um it was still very very interesting to hear a different version of that um that album now that's something that that whole album kind of is kind of a spooky feel to me because it's all black sabbath songs and you know the imagery of the album cover yeah that was a really um that and tribute were like probably two of the first live albums I ever had and really listened to like that and probably live evil as well. Just listen to just front mm-hmm. and back again and again and again. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's definitely got a great feel to it, but that's, I think that's one of the reasons why they do that with over overdubs and stuff. It's just sometimes the stuff's not ready for prime time and yeah. you know, Hey, it made for a great release. I don't care if it was a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just like after all those after all those years um, of just hearing that version of it, it was just cool to uh, hear another version, like the kind of the original version. Yeah, totally. Um, And then we talked about we already played uh, Vincent Price, but that's another um, another spooky opening from Don Airy here. more church organy than than um synth sounding and then you have of course uh more recently even more recently I should say step by step here from their most recent non cover album so Don Airy's got some great spooky organ intros yeah I'll give that to him yep and then, um, yeah, like we said, those those tracks off of uh, um, you mentioned. I'm gonna play it right now, but the uh, the dark is really sounds like humpback whales, sort of. <laughs> but it could be ghosts in a closet. 
Maybe it's the ghosts of humpback whales. It's a haunted aquarium. Naomi's shrieking guitars. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty spooky intro. I gotta I gotta I'm down with that one. Um so we got a few things. So shows that happened on Halloween. The Deep Purple has played eleven shows on Halloween. Um ranging in their from career? in their career, yeah. Jeez. Ranging from 1969 through the most recently in 2015, um, they played one in the UK, one in France, four in Germany, two in Poland, one in Japan, one in Italy, and one in Romania, home of Ooh. home of Transylvania, home of Dracula, home of <laughs> home of Dracula. Yeah, so they played. Um, in Romania, about the place they played was about three hours southeast of uh, the castle. What, but they what they consider Dracula's castle when Bram Stoker wrote it, he based it on this castle. So, uh, um, and uh, there's a few. Oh, sorry, my dog's roaming around. Um, so they they played all of these. They played uh, in night. So. 1969, 1970, 93, 96, 2000. And then in 2013, they played the show in Germany. And if you look on Ian Gillen's Karamba uh, YouTube page, uh, which hasn't been updated, I don't think, in a really long time, there's this video of him getting ready. And I'm going to have to cut it off at a certain point because um, it'll. the funny thing is just It'll get us banned on YouTube because there's nudity in it, but even though uh. it's from YouTube. <laughs> I just, I know how YouTube works, you know, I, I, I play songs that are openly available on YouTube and it gets our episode banned, and I know that this, this mm. I don't know how it's on YouTube, because it's got uh, these nurses that get naked and give Gillen a massage and all this crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, so this is Gillen backstage, and I'll cut it off right before it starts to get a... Uh, Spicy, but I'll have a link in the show notes. So there's Gillen all in a, like like in a wheelchair, all bloody, and these two sexy nurses are helping him into the arena. He's got a cane. <laughs> uh, Gillen, he likes to have fun. <laughs> he does like to have fun. He's getting up onto like a, a table right now, and uh, the nurses in the in the span, or not spandex, but like the skin tight nurses' outfits. Oh, what? Well, okay, now they're starting to take their uh, shirts off, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop it. <laughs> but if you want to see the whole thing, so yeah, then he gets on the, the table and you can hear the band in the background playing. It's almost like, I don't know if it's a sound check or what, but like they're all playing and you can hear them like doing solos and stuff. And then these women are just like, Giving him, a, then at one point they're giving him like CPR and he's like pretending that he's dead and all this stuff. <laughs> and then Weird he goes out into stage with all this, like all these, he's got, ba he's got a big bandage around his head, but he's still wearing sunglasses <laughs> over the bandage. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Gillen. 
how do you not love the guy? So that's kind of a little history of their their um, Halloween sort of thing. Um, it's worth mentioning that a couple of years ago, so when they were making the movie Ghostbusters, they put out this uh, call to to folks to, to to do the song for it, right? The theme song that we all know. Yep. Um, and one of the bands that submitted a, a demo was Hughes Thrall, and they said they they wrote a song, um, and they sent it in. And uh, Pat Thrall, I guess, held on to it for a long time. And I don't think it surfaced until a couple years ago. He says he posted it on SoundCloud and he said, this is the demo. Um, Let's see if I can find it here. He says, this is the demo Hughes Thrall and Peter Aykroyd pitched for the movie. It was declined. There has been a version posted on YouTube claiming to be the Hughes Thrall demo, but it wasn't. Here for the first time, it is finally posted. The guy that mixed it had been awake for a week on cocaine. It is one of the worst mixes ever. Oof. So, um, I don't know who the guy is that they're talking about that had been on cocaine and awake for a week, but... um, Glenn? That's that's kind of my thought, but it'd be weird (laughs) to just say, the guy who mixed it. (laughs) Um, Maybe they didn't want to indict him. I mean, maybe, but it seems like if you're going to go that far, um, I don't know. But anyway, this, uh, once I can find it here, this is going to be, and I made a little custom art for this MP3 that I made of it. uh, So enjoy. This is the Hughes Thrall. And I will admit, it is one of the worst mixes I've ever heard. Um, Here is the Hughes Thrall Ghostbusters song. does not sound good. What do you think of my art? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, I guess it's just a demo and that's what you'd submit as a demo, but it sounds like for a demo with professionals like this, they could do better. This part I can see working. makes you think what could have been (laughs) would Chevy Chase have been in the video I don't know this could have been a jam this could have been on the album or at least like uh, could have been the, the end credits or something I don't know about this part though that would be great if he was talking about Glenn the guy who mixed it <laughs> Thank you. 
Once you're awake for a week, I think it's kind of uh, irrelevant whether or not you're on cocaine. I don't think you're going to get a great mix. What did he say? He said something like, we don't care if there's ghosts in your room. Not a good Ghostbuster. I just can't. I mean, hearing him sing like, Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's like hearing Glenn sing it is just like. <laughs> Ooh, a little modulation up there. Yeah, I can't picture this being the theme song. I think they missed an opportunity here. I mean, here. It's, it's sufficiently 80s. They probably would have saved a lot of money from the lawsuit that <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. had to go through. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and if you want to see my custom uh, yeah. MP3 art for that, you can, I'll put it in the show notes. Or you can uh, watch the YouTube video of this for... If you're if you're so inclined, um, yeah. So you're not you're not feeling you're not feeling it as the Ghostbusters song. Nah, Ghostbusters. I, I think they, they they made the right choice. Well, I mean, yeah. This I don't I mean also sounds like garbage. If you stripped that all away and like <laughs> made it like actually professionally recorded, I mean, I think it could have been a decent track, but. Yeah, that it is a absolutely abysmal mix, and it's probably been mm. sitting on a a crappy cassette in Pat Thrall's closet for 30 years before he unearthed it. So, yeah. Um, as far as that, so, um, you know, Linda Blair of, of spooky movie fame, she dated both Tommy Bolin and, uh, Glenn Hughes at one point. So, uh, as they were kind of, I guess had interchangeable girlfriends <laughs> for the most part in the band mm -hmm. at that in that era anyway um but that's not the only connection with the exorcist we talked about um before in a previous episode well like one of our first episodes on stormbringer um we talked about the the beginning of the song right about how it was um you know there's that reverse vocal so let's listen to it um First, how it how it actually is, how we how we all know this song. Here it is, Stormbringer. <laughs> and now we hear David Coverdale's backwards vocals. So I think I tried to isolate that on a previous episode, but it didn't really work out so well. So I did find somebody has done like a, a, a job of isolating the vocals of, of Stormbringer. So here's the isolated vocals. So hard to so so hard to hard to Ooh. tell, but now I so I took that isolated vocal and reversed it, and we we talked about this in the Stormbringer episode, but this is what he actually says a famous line from The Exorcist. <laughs> so 
So he's cocksucker, <laughs> motherfucker, stormbringer. Which I think that's pretty that's pretty terrifying. Even in Yeah, just hearing that sounds like something from the Exorcist. Yeah, the even in even in reversed, like so you're hearing it the way he actually delivered it, but he delivered it in a very scary way here. Yeah. It's gonna haunt my dreams. Not your normal <laughs> Not your normal uh, cheeky Coverdale to get in your pants, darling. This is like oh no, no, he's stuff. and of course well, he this still did say cocksucker. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there is something sexual. I in guess there. both of those terms have a sexual connotations. So mm. so you've got um, you know the subject matter of Stormbringer and the subject matter of Burn for that matter. Both you know talking about. Spells and witches and rainbows and all that sort of stuff. So, um, we have here, um, then, uh, we have this. So, we got a lot of costume pictures. Um, we have that, that Gillen costume, obviously, where he's dressed as the, as the, um, patient with the, the sexy nurses. Um, then we've got, so for the costumes, we have, um, I think I've broken my computer by loading up a picture of a costume. Let's try this again. Ah, there it goes. So here is a famous picture of Candace Knight dressed up as Richie for Halloween. Oops, I shared the wrong screen. <laughs> here is a famous picture of Candace Knight dressed as Richie Blackmore for Halloween. And I, I, I love that. So she's got, and she said this is actually his, um, his old stage stuff that she found in his closet and put it on. So it's not even like she got it. But it's funny that she got all of his stage stuff, but she, she got grabbed an inflatable guitar. <laughs> like, she, like there was no guitars lying around the house that she could use as a prop. But, yeah. Well, she probably, you know, for ease of movement, you know. Yeah, and all. Yeah, that'll weigh on you. And also, it, you know, if you're going to a Halloween party. And moving around, you don't want to whack somebody in the face with a real guitar, especially one of Richie's like super valuable guitars. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> or, sure that R Richie actually has a pink a pink guitar that says rock and roll on it. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and look at the linoleum. I don't know where she is, but that linoleum floor. But um, then uh, here's a picture of of Candace and Richie where she's dressed like a pirate and he seems to be dressed like the Baba Duke. <laughs> I don't know what's going yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah. doesn't, he, doesn't he look like the Baba Duke? Yeah, he looks he looks pretty frightening. Yeah, he, he just looks got like a, a skeleton. Yeah, he's like a skeleton with his hat on. He's got the Baba Duke hat already, so going out for the night on the town. You like know? how do you tell when Richie or or Candace for that matter are dressed up because they're always dressed up. They're always in a costume. Yeah. So they just get kind of changed their era, I guess. But he he didn't even change his hat. He's just got that same hat, and she's dressed as a you know sexy pirate. Then you've got Richie. I don't know what Richie is in this picture. She's dressed as like a a, a beer like like a beer frau or whatever you call them, like from a beer garden, yeah. like like a sexy Saint Pauli girl. And um, he he seems to be dressed like Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richie is like the ghost of Christmas present or something. Yeah, sort. he looks like one of the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, then you've got another Rich, Richie drinking a a Heineken in in a, a skull costume with a with a again with his skull looks almost like Skeletor. Um, so for all I know, she's celebrating Halloween with somebody else. <laughs> He's always covering his face. Um, this is him. It looks like in that same. Well, maybe it's a different one, but he's wearing this like red robe again. It looks like a ghost of Christmas present, and she's dressed as like a witch with like a big purple hat, and he's sticking out his tongue and looking very, um, what's the word? Lecherous. Yeah. Now there's another picture of her with the with with the Richie guitar and the Richie clothes on, and he's just like the scarecrow from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely tell it's him, but he's got, you know, it looks almost like a cross between the scarecrow and like the cowardly lion because he's got that mean, it looks like. That's <laughs> oh. great. But her her little mustache is amazing. Her little Richie mustache. Yeah. Um, then you've got this classic, which is Roger, uh, Dio and Richie all dressed up. Um, in somebody's laundry room, it looks like he's like Lysol and <laughs> stuff in the back <laughs> shelf. And Roger is like a swashbuckling pirate with like a fake beard. R- Dio is wearing the most amazing wizard costume with like the classic pointy purple hat with stars and moons on it and the yep, giant white the beard. Best. And Richie is like, I don't know, like D'Artagnan or something. <laughs> but this looks like the good. This must have been while. Doing something looks like a good time. Something rainbow, right? Or maybe it was. Um, no, it looks like it had to have been rainbow era. Yeah, but why would Dio? Have, I'm not sure because there wasn't a lot of Dio and Glover crossover. But yeah. um, then you've got Coverdale and his wife as as he, he Coverdale as Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him, <laughs> looking. Hey, darling. Um, <laughs> And then she's dressed up as another another kind of pirate, I guess. Um, he's like, who, who wants to line up for mustache rides? <laughs> you, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks almost like his his mustache was drawn on. Well, I, clearly it was, but it looks like it was drawn on the actual picture, like not yeah. on his face. It looks like somebody had a picture of him and drew that on. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look real. Um, then you've got... Now, this is from... Um, so this Colin Hart posted this, I think, like a year or two ago. He says, these shots were taken at the release party for the Deep Purple album Nobody's Perfect. It was held at Frankenstein Castle near Darmstadt, Germany, and everyone had to dress in medieval costumes, including all journalists and media attendees. John Lord had the good taste not to bother and stayed away, but a few of the people there thought I was John. Bruce told me to just go with it, and here are a couple of the shots with me with the rest of the band. It was rather rather interesting evening to say the least. So yeah, you've got them all dressed up in medieval costumes. Um, well, well, that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, wow, that's the most amazing John Lord has ever looked. <laughs> it's hilarious, and, and it's, you're like, it's not even him. It's not even him. It does, but you'd look at it and you wouldn't even really. You'd be like, oh yeah, there they are. There's John, and you, unless you really scrutinized it, then you say, wait a second, that's not John. That's yeah. Colin Hart. Well, he's got the height and he, with with the sunglasses and the fake beard on. I mean, it's. Yeah, he's, he just basically kind of looks like him. There's a yeah. picture of them all posing, grabbing a sword. There's Bruce Payne doing some archery with Ian Pace. Um, and then you've got uh, Ian tr- threatening to stab 
Colin Hart in the back. <laughs> now here's another one of Richie and Candace. He really got a lot of mileage out of that like robe. <laughs> he's wearing that little hat. I know, right? <laughs> I know what he's going for. And then here's Richie. This looks like they're they're being uh, Gomez and Morticia Adams. Maybe. So yeah, you've got that. And then uh, what else? What else do we got here? Um, then we've got just a couple more here. Um, there's oh, I think I did that one already. And then now this one is kind of funny. It's it's very poor quality, but this is like from a, a Halloween store, and it is um, a tooth wax that you put over your teeth to make it look like you're missing a tooth. But yeah. the model on the package is Candace Knight. Um, <laughs> who they who they used to do this and she posts every so often she I think she had a couple of them on Instagram she says here's everyone's favorite Halloween costume the Halloween oh no no she says have you seen me in your local Halloween costume and makeup section did many faces for them uh, in the year but this seems to be the most popular so I think she's on one too that's like a like a costume for like a, an elf or something like that so mm -hmm. uh, from her modeling days Um, hey, a gig's a gig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a living. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I'm asking my uh, wife to close the door because they left the door to the cellar open and all I can hear is a ruckus up there. Um, hopefully the noise gate gets it. Um, I, I don't hear anything. You're good. Okay, good. Then there's... Um, uh, the last thing I really have is kind of Gillen telling these born again stories, stories from the making of, of born again. So we could kind of listen to that. It's just from an interview. Again, you can find this on YouTube, but um, here we go. Let's play this and I'll try to get my family to shut the door. We had uh, here we go. a company called LSD do a stage that we were going to do a big American tour and we were opening at the Maple Leaf Gardens in Canada. And, uh, Somebody said, anyone got an idea of what we should do as a stage set? Geezer said, Stonehenge. And the guy said, well, how do you envisage this? And he said, life-size. So they produced a life-size Stonehenge in uh, carbon fiber and whatever. And three uh, container loads went out with the rest of the equipment to Canada. And we, we could get about a quarter of it on stage. And we're sort of edging between these huge monoliths and whatever. Don Arden was the manager at the time. Don Arden, who I have a very soft spot for. And uh, so we get there, and it's, it's unbelievable. There's all this um, Stonehenge stuff. So we get to the point where normally, and if anyone's seen Spinal Tap, you'll recognize this. Normally, three or four roadies used to come on in monks' cows, and the bells would chime, you know, the dong, dong. And then we go into something like War Pigs or Iron Man or whatever the opening thing was. And the. On the on the the last we noticed a dwarf walking around on the day before the opening show, and what's this dwarf? Oh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> so on the, the final production rehearsal in the afternoon, just doing the, the bits and pieces, this, well, this tape came on of a, a baby screaming. Now this this is the, the album we did was called Born Again, and the cover was um, it's a horrible cover. It was a, a, a newborn baby painted red with long yellow claws coming out of its fingernails and two little horns coming out of its head. And um, so there's this dwarf comes out 
and he's walking across the top of uh, this Stonehenge, and there's this tape screaming, and the dwarf's miming of the screaming, and he f uh, the, the, the tape sort of fades away, and the dwarf falls back from about 35 feet in the air and falls onto this big pile of mattresses. <laughs> and then, dong, the bells start, and the monks come out, and then... Bong, pile of mattresses, it's so amateur. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, Bev was playing. Bev Bevan was playing drums at the time. It was a peculiar year for Sabbath, and <laughs> we made the best of it. And we're saying to Don, "We think this is in the worst possible taste." This dwarf, you know. And Don's going, "No, the kids will love it. The kids will love it. You know, it'll be great." Mm, okay. So we're watching from the wings, and this dwarf comes out in a red costume with the yellow fingernails, screaming. I'm looking at the kids. They're going, <laughs> "Really?" I mean, just everyone was bursting into laughter. You know? <laughs> So anyway, the dwarf came out and fell off, and the scream sort of tailed away, and the monks came out with their cows, dong, the bells, and, and you could still hear the screaming in the background. It wasn't the tape, it was the dwarf, because we'd taken all the mattresses away, you see. <laughs> and that was the end of the dwarf. So, was the, the real problem. Did he die? I get into my brain any of these lyrics. I couldn't understand them. And uh, so... The day before we went away, I said to my wife, I said, I, I cannot soak in these words. They, there's no storyline, there's no... I can't relate to what they mean. And so I, I made a cue book. I never use monitors on stage. I've never used monitors. So I made this cue book, and I, it was one of those display books and with plastic pages, and I'd written all the cue lines out, and I practised in my kitchen before I went away, turning the pages over with my foot. And uh, so I thought, well, that's going to be OK. And I had them put two wedges on the front of the stage. They weren't plugged in, but two monitor wedges to conceal the book. So after the dwarf had fallen without the mattresses and the monks came on and bang, <laughs> dry eyes started, bang, we're away. And I walk out, bearing in mind that Ronnie Dio was the previous singer. And it's great. The audience is fantastic, going berserk and whatever. And I walk out and they've got the biggest amount of dry ice I've ever seen. They must have had six buckets up there. And the dry ice is pumping out and there's floor spots and everything else. And I suddenly... I'm going around giving it all that, you know, shaking the mic stand around and... Yeah. And, uh... I suddenly went, oh, shit. The dry ice was sort of waist high. And it's swirling towards the front of the stage. And there's my book. And to, I couldn't remember the first line of the first song. I, and so I had to fall to my knees, you know, in a sort of in a dramatic pose, you know, and I'm <laughs> trying to blow the ice away. And I'm trying to see what the first line was. And by this time, I'm panicking so much, I don't know what the hell's going on. So I'm going, ah, da, 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 da. and all you could see was my head popping up above the dryer. <laughs> and I, I heard somebody in the front shout out, "It's Ronnie Dio!" <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. There couldn't be a, a better story to leave it on than that one. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh, all right. So yeah, these are the. It's, it's funny. Like you wonder. Like he he tells all these. I guess it's kind of like when you're a performer like this, you play the same songs again and again and again. But you you tell a lot of the same stories again and again, and it's it's almost like people will cue you or do an interview with you and ask you ask you a question they already know the answer to just to hear you tell the story again and and that that one's like one of those ones like the story about the Stonehenge and, and yeah. the, the, the dry ice and everything <laughs> it just never gets old um, alright so 
With that, folks, it is time to thank our foundation-level patrons coming in at the $3.50-pound Deep Purple New York tier. We have none other than Lord Longford. At the three-pound aromatic feed tier, Simon Ford and Richard Brees. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau. Ian DeRosier. Mark Roback. Stuart McCord. Then we have the one and only... Ivan Fjeldbu. At Runar Siemensen. <laughs> JJ Stenard. Ruinous inadequacies. John Maselli. When you have a dream. <laughs> Close to your heart and never, ever, ever let it go. <laughs> Michael Boyette hmm. and Corey Morissette. At the $1.71 I want my own tier tier, we have... Rich, Young, At the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau. And at the $1 made up name tier, we have the spooktacular Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, Concerto 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, <laughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth Kohler, Zwapper the Electric Alchemist, Anders Engstrom, and Ashley Still I Hear Burn Rose. Thank you to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right, John, we did it. We did the first Hughes-Oween. You'll have to let us know yeah. what you think, particularly Fielding Fowler. Was it? Mm. Were you expecting more Hughes for your Hughes-Oween? Are we using I mean, Hughes-Oween to mean it's got to be about all Glenn Hughes, or are we using Hughes-Oween just as a all-encompassing all Halloween sort of thing? I mean, I like that. The all, what? The all-encompassing <laughs> the Halloween? all-encompassing, yeah, because you can't make... You can't just make a Halloween episode about... I mean, you could on Glenn Hughes, but there's not as much... You know, he was he was in it, though. He was a big part of it. I mean, directly linked to a ghost song, too. So that's true about a ghost. Busters. <laughs> yes. People that fight ghosts and ghosts in his closet. The only song we didn't really cover was, well, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff we left out. We didn't talk about Bloodsucker, which isn't about, you know, vampires, but it could. It sounds like it could be. Blue. Blue. Um, then we also didn't, we didn't do Ghost Story by Pace, Ash, and Lord because we've done it like twice in the last five episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps coming well, up for some reason. I mean, that's, that's something for Hughes-Oween too. Exactly. Return to Hughes-Oween. <laughs> the final chapter. Uh, yeah. And if you believe that the, the second part is going to be the final chapter, I got a bridge to sell you. No, no. No, in a few years we'll be doing like Hughesween X. <laughs> Hughesween X V V I I. <laughs> That's not even proper yeah, Roman numerals. You know, Hughesween versus Blackmore's tights. 
<laughs> Huseween, yeah, like crossover episode. We could do yeah. like a Huseween versus uh, versus uh, I don't know Sabbath bloody the Sabbath. Curse, the curse of Huseween, the yeah. house of Huseween. We got son of Huseween. We got a ton of them. The uh, Huseween's curse. Electric so. Huseween. <laughs> Huseween two. Electric Huseween. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. We got it. We got it covered. Awesome. Well, with that, folks, we'll let you get back to your trick or treating, or maybe who knows? Maybe you've got your ear your earbuds in and you're listening to this while you accompany your children trick or treating, or maybe you're playing this. Spooky episode uh, in in lieu of Halloween music uh, outside your window to scare off the children. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but check out our show notes if you want to look at, watch any of those videos, or see any of those songs, or any of that stuff, or if you want to just see some boobies that are allowed on YouTube <laughs> for whatever reason. I was I was actually shocked when I saw that because I'm like, wait, what? You can't do that on YouTube. You're not supposed to be able to. That I'm, as far as I know. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like, it's like I know if I play this, they will ban our episode. Maybe I'll even get in trouble. Like our our account will get like a strike or something, even though I'm yeah. playing it directly off of freaking YouTube. Because that's just mm. the way that it works. But. Yeah, uh, we're not falling for it. Yeah, not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe. That's a good tr- a good prank too. Um, all right. Well, John, we'll be back at it next week. With good evening. <laughs> I beg to differ. I be- <laughs> I bid you good evening. <laughs> all right. Later. Blue. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Does that happen anymore? Like, I know in like the old school Dracula stuff, he would turn into yeah. a bat, like poof, turn into a bat. Like, but they don't, that's like, that's like yeah, really old school, right? Yeah, nobody does that shit anymore. <laughs> Everybody's a sellout. Be, so you're saying because Dracula doesn't like go poof and turn into a bat, it's a sellout? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a big old sellout. Who Dracula? No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dracula, man, you used to be. I like his early stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like his stuff in the early 1800s. Um, no, it's um, I don't know, vampire. But well, I mean, if they do, the I don't know. It's just like I feel like the old vampire movies. They had like that real atmosphere to it. Now it's like if uh, the the few that you see him turn into like a bat or shapeshift, there's so much CGI. It's almost like oh yeah, yeah it yeah. takes you it takes you out of the whole thing. I don't know. There's no whimsy in in vampires anymore. Like I don't know. They were probably super serious and scary back then, but it's just like comical now. But like you know, when you see like these things like Twilight or True Blood or anything, it's just they take themselves so seriously. These brooding vampires. It's like ugh, get out of here with that. Need all this brooding. All the superheroes are all brooding. The vampires are all sad and like emotional. It's like, where's the whimsy? Where's the the joie de vivre? I don't need Batman to be all moody. 
I want Adam West in a silly, you know, carrying a bomb above his head trying to dispose of it. I don't I don't need this like nonsense. Everybody takes themselves too seriously. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, well we we did it, man. We banged out another episode. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bang out a few more next week, maybe. And all right. Well, I'm gonna take my old man nap, which yeah. I skipped. I hear you, man. The other day was it yesterday? Like the day before? Oh, yesterday I was just like dying. I got so, I was getting bad sleep, and I was so freaking tired. But yeah, well, you inspired me. I have a bottle of Tums and a bottle of water by my bed now, <laughs> just in case. I've inspired you to be to act even older than you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you inspired me to like spiral right into old age. You should put a um bad health. like a little a little um. Uh, a little cup with the with the uh, what's it what's it the the the, the 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 fizzing stuff and you put your dentures in there. What's that stuff called? <laughs> <laughs> like polyden. Poly <laughs> no, that's the glue, right, to hold it on. Polyden. No, that's poly grip, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Whatever it is. You know, get, I know it's you know the plop yeah. plop fizz fizz or some shit. Yeah, you put your <laughs> you could just you could buy like some fake teeth and just put them in there just to feel even older. <laughs> and you could have the clapper. You could just go and just turn over and go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, I already have reading glasses by the bed. So there you go. <laughs> That'll just seal it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Uh, it's, we're getting pretty pathetic. It's <laughs> <laughs> too bad I'm so damn sexy though that nobody would buy it. <laughs> People would be like, "No way, no way." No, not gonna happen. <laughs> Good evening, Hecubus. Are you ready? I am ready to serve you, Master and Satan. <laughs> Then let the proof of evil begin. Hecubus, pick a card. Pick any card. No. Pardon. No. Evil, evil, impolite and evil. Nice.